Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are TV Necromancers TV's Noah and Laura Prince. This is a podcast about shows that ran one season or less, and where we discuss what could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which one should just stay doomed. This is a bit of a strange opening because we've recorded this episode in one sitting and then realized later that it had to be split up into two parts. So we're going to just jump in right in the middle, and I'm sorry, but you're not getting a second cocktail for this show. So please enjoy part two of Dungeon Crawlers. Episode eight. Uh, Benny needs to rest from his summoning sequences, so like Benny... He's saying he needs to rest, but he's really, like, in a depressive episode. Yeah. Uh, because coming back to unlife... I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer told us that, like, dying and coming back is hard. It's real hard, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is this... Like, once again, like, Benny kind of starts out as, like, really evil. Yeah. And, like... Well, Benny starts off depressed and in therapy, too. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess, like... I, I think... I, you know what? I think I profiled him because he was a skull man. Yeah, like... <laughs> then I was just like, why are they redeeming him so quickly? I was like, nah, I guess he wasn't... I think, I think this is my own specious issues of seeing a skull and being like, well, he's got to be pure evil. Yeah, you keep saying he's evil, and I'm like, we don't see him do yeah, anything maybe evil. not. Maybe, maybe this is just me... Projecting what I think skull people are like. Yeah, you're being prejudiced. I apologize. Skull people. I was going to say skull Americans, but that's. that's, Skellymans. That's Western centrism because (laughs) we don't know that he's in America. I mean, eh. They mentioned like. A lot of American American language. That's true. But yeah, I, I. I, yeah, I guess I just wanted it to be established that he's evil, but like he is kind of like always going through stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, he's like a punch clock villain. Like, yeah, he's evil to the adventurers who come into the cave, but this is his job. Yeah, I mean, it's not substantially different from being like a guidance counselor who is a villain in a student story, or like the principal of a school who like, oh, the mean principal says we can't do this. When really it's like, I'm doing my job, guys. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this to be mean. I'm doing this because this is my day. Um, so he's like ha- going through a depressing, ep- depressive episode while Thrak has decided to get acid for the pit to make it more deadly. They have a pit of spikes and he's throwing acid in it. Yeah, because now it's super deadly because it's spikes and acid. And Jill expresses that that's going to eat through the cave. Yeah. So they go down to check on it and the cave caves in while they're down there. Yes. And this bums me out. I think they do a really good job of showing that they are buried. Yes. Like, like they have these rocks, which I'm pretty sure are just crumpled up like a uh, paper towel, but it's effective enough. Yeah. And like, it, it's believable as a puppet rock. Uh, and they're kind of laying down, and you see Thrax arms holding stuff up, and Benny says something like, oh, and we gotta act soon! I can't keep holding up this much stone! Because that's exactly what my off-screen hands are doing right now. And, like, that wink to the camera, like, I get it as a joke, but I thought they were doing a good enough job 
with what was there that I was just like, aw. Like, like if, it, instead of it being like, haha, they couldn't afford it, it was, you were doing okay, buddy. Yeah, like this didn't need that wink and nod. Yeah. Th- this didn't need the fourth wall break. Because have you ever, like, been in a position where you're you're casting someone and, like, people yeah. are auditioning for you and then they apologize? Yes. And you're like, oh, I... Oh, was that not good to you? I was on board. But if you're apologizing, that means, like, that's not what you want to do. And now you're out. (laughs) I I did a cabaret where I sang, um, I get a kick out of you from Anything Goes. And at the end, I made a character choice to be very resigned. And I walked off stage, like, shaking my head. Mm -hmm. And my friend grabs me by the sleeve and goes, if you ever do that again, I will kill you. Because it looked very unconfident and it looked like I had, uh, you know, that I didn't have any confidence in my performance, not Mm. in that I was resigned to not getting the guy I liked, which was what I was trying to, like, express. Yeah, you didn't pop back and go, like, scene. No, because if I did that, everyone in the theater group would have (laughs) murdered me. You never yell scene. Well, you're supposed to say thank you. This wasn't an audition, this was a performance. Uh, and it, uh, it was like a medley that flowed into, like the songs flowed into one another. So there wasn't like a time for me to be like, and me! Because like the song immediately switched into the okay. next solo. Okay. It, like Not important. Okay. <laughs> I was just confused. Because uh, like the point I'm trying to make is like... When you undermine your own confidence. You, yeah. Like when you include something that is legitimately an apology. Because that's what this is. Like... It's not a bit because they're choosing not to because they're saving money. They legitimately couldn't shoot what they wanted to shoot. Yes. But what they shoot is good enough that they don't need to apologize. And all it does does is spotlight your own unhappiness with a project. Yeah. Like, this looked fine. Uh, there's a great line. There's, there's actually, like, a really great line that made me laugh. Because they finally get Benny's attention because Benny needs to rescue them. And Benny hears them, and Threk goes, Benny, we're saved! And then Jill goes, he's incorporeal. Benny, we're screwed! Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like a very simple, effective joke. Yeah. Of like, ah, that's exactly how, like, that's exactly, it's good joke writing. Mm-hmm. Of Thrax's tone doesn't change. He's still so cheerful. And, uh... Benny does help them get out. Maurice is still in there. We kind of get that, like, tag that they forgot about Maurice. Yes. This is another just issue. uh, Because this comes up a lot. Uh, If you've listened to this show, there's many times where I will say something like, uh, the blonde-haired guy, what's his name? Because I had just watched the show, and I remember the character, but I don't remember his name. Yeah. It's really hard to do that with an invisible character. Yes. So, like, anytime they say, like, where's Maurice? I don't have a visual memory of who that is. Yeah. So I don't remember who Maurice is. Yeah. That's, um... That's a little tough. And Maurice has not been a big enough character. Yeah. So, Thrax on a Dungeons and Dragons phone sex line? In the cutaway? I... I think it's an accident. Because, like, I don't think it's meant to be a phone sex line, but the person he talks to makes it a phone sex line. Because I think 
he, he's trying to order meat, right? Because it, it, it ends up talking about beating meat. And the, the guy he's on the phone with gets off on it. Uh, and it's Frard! It's our buddy Frard from Maglass. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yay. Yeah, and I, I think this is when the cutaways stop working well. Uh, because we've had this, like, pretty interesting story. And then the cutaway, like, is kind of a non-sequitur. Yeah, I have a lot of problems with these cutaways, to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to save it for the end, but I got a lot of problems with the cutaway. But know. this is, I think, the moment they stop working for me. Is when we had, like, a real story with stakes. Yeah. But then we had to have crank anchors. Yes. Like... There is a joke in there at some point where... Uh, someone says like, oh, the puppet's getting a crank call for a change, which yeah. I enjoyed that as a, as a line. So in episode nine, we get new, uh, new opening animation. We get this very nice looking opening. Yeah, animation the op- this looks great. Of Jill, Thrak and Benny. And it's just like, it's, it's really cute. Like, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, I believe the first episode I ever watched of Dungeon Crawlers was a later episode that had this intro. This intro really establishes what I believe the character of Benny to be. Okay. Because Thrak is really big and does stuff. Uh, Jill is kind of like patching holes and like holds up a sign to make the, the thing say the right thing. And then there's a shot of Benny like putting his head in his hand. Yeah. So, like, that's, I think, where I get, like, okay, Benny's the leader, and he's frustrated with the other two. Oh, I think he's the leader, and he's frustrated with the other two. I just don't get where you get evil. Well, he's a skelly man. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Damn it. I'm he's a skelly sorry. I'm, I'll work on it. So, we established that uh, Jill's room was one of the rooms affected by the cave-in. And then Thrak is scared for the treasure. Yes. And then we're at a convention. Yeah, this is, this is, I hate to say it this way, but this is a way to get Doug Walker on the show. <laughs> like, that's the, the main crux of this, is we're getting Doug Walker to be on the show. Uh, Thrak is, you know, <laughs> not even 100% on this, but Thrak is trying to pump information of like where the treasure is from Doug Walker. So he's trying to beat it out of him. Yes. And he asks Rob Walker if he can hit Doug. Yeah. And Rob cannot be happier. Yeah. This idea. And Doug is in on it as well. He loves just taking this beating. Rob's like, sir, have you seen the treasure room? And could you tell me where the treasure room is? And then could you forget that you ever saw my face or even heard of what the treasure is? Why, yes, I can do all of the above and more. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, um, where is the treasure room? Now what treasure would this be? The, the treasure I just asked you about, the treasure of the cave. Um, with the... Do you mind if I hit him? Want me to hold him down? Ah! Uh, as much of as, like, it, it seems like it's tied in... Like, it's like, oh, we have five minutes with Doug Walker. Let's, you know, make a stitch and put this story in. This whole scene looks great. Yeah. It- like, the, the point, the over-the-shoulder view from Benny, or from uh, Thrak, like, 
The puppet looks good. Yeah. And sound editing. Dude, sound editing is on point in this. Yeah, every this... whoosh, every pow is on point. I love good sound editing. Yeah, this scene is ridiculous. But it's well done and it works. Yes. Like, it's an egregious cameo. Mm-hmm. But it's the internet. Whatever. Yeah. Like, what is YouTube but egregious cameos in somebody else's channel? Like, yeah. that's what this is. And in this, we do get that uh, Benny confesses he never read for The Hobbit. Yeah. Because that Benny said he read for The Hobbit in, like, the first episode. And he goes, like, I never read for The Hobbit. And... Uh, so they, they figure out where the treasure room is. Yes. From this information. And I make another note that Jill's voice does not work. Yeah. Because Jill regularly sounds underwater. Yeah, and it's Benny a shame. And, and Benny and Thrak always do sound really crisp. You never yeah. have no, you never have a problem getting their audio. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Scaldi has a cameo where he, like, leads them to it. Yes. In, like... Benny's mind's eye. Yeah. And he's just 90s references. Yes. Uh, he comes back stronger than 90s trend for my Taylor Swift fans. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to Evermore a lot. Like, anytime you're not directly looking at me, Evermore. Uh, the treasure room is just old magazines and copies of E.T. for the Atari. Yes. Which, I get that reference. Uh, I understood that reference, gif. But... This is so confusing to me in that the treasure is gone. We learn that Thrak knew and didn't want to tell Benny. Yes. So, like, uh, once again, I'm in that spot of, like, wait, I thought Thrak's whole character was do not touch the treasure. Why is he so upset if he knows it's not there? Yeah. So, like, I, I think... This is so confusing, and I also think, like, it could have been so easily just a surprise for both characters. Yes. Like, what do you mean there's no treasure? Totally could have been a better way to do this. There is one thing there, though. A young woman playing DS in the treasure room. Yeah. And she's clearly a princess, Mm -hmm. based on her general look. So, what's going to happen now? is they are going to, instead of, like, having gold that and defending that, it's a hostage situation. They yeah. have the princess. And they're luring adventurers in under the guise of you have to come save the princess. The, the idea of changing the whole, like, goal of the cave from we have treasure, come get it, to we have a hostage, come get her, is so, like, a season break. Yeah. Like, you have a whole season of, like, we have to defend this treasure, we have to defend this treasure, we've defended the treasure, we can use it to pay off our bill. Oh, wait, there's no treasure. There's a princess, though. Season one ending. Season two is now, like, all right, we're going to have to use this woman instead. And that's going to bring up all these new problems. Yeah. We're moving way too fast in this show. So, uh, and then the call cutaway is... Thrak getting a prank call. So I think that's... This is the crank rat yankers Yeah. Line, which is fun. And then we get, like, one more scene back at the convention where it's Doug, who Thrak is hitting repeatedly as Rob cheers him on. Yeah. And then Rob pays Thrak for his trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so, episode 10. Episode 10. 
we established that the princess is uh, the daughter of the king of games. And they're like, oh, the king of games. She goes, Pokemon Snap. And everyone's disappointed. Which, what? Yeah, how dare you speak ill of Pokemon Snap? No stars, Carl. And uh, I get really melancholy when I look at the princess, because she's wearing a MAGFest crown. Yeah. <laughs> and it's December. And we wish we were going to And MAGFest is supposed to be in January, mm-hmm. and I'm sad. Uh, and then what's important here is uh, she's Princess Yaoi. That's her name. Mm-hmm. And we also established that Jill is asexual. You just want a little girlfriend. That's not going to happen. I'm asexual. That's very important to have done. Yeah, it, it just kind of comes up. And it's definitely just an odd line to throw in there. And like me in my mind was just like, oh, okay. I guess we're not going to have any like relationship with her and Benny or, or Thrak or anything. Like they're, 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 we're not going to get like sitcom romance. Okay. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's like, fine. The call cutaway. Cause the whole episode is establishing those things. Mm hmm. And the cutaway is Thrak complaining to his agent about their Google reviews. Yes. Which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his agent's like, I've told you multiple times, you have to leave a survivor if you want a review. Yes. The- and it's a good joke. Yeah, it's, it's a good, like, real-world issue of D&D characters. This I really sh- like this premise. This show works best when applying if-then... Yeah. Like, if this is just their real world, what are the mundane problems? Mm-hmm. Like, if they are a cave trying to lure in adventures, then what would internet reviews look like for that yeah. cave? If, like, that's their business, like, how do you advertise? What are the reviews? Like, it's it's a fun bit. And we do get a scene after that. We have Princess Yaoi who flosses her teeth and then eats it, which is, I guess trying to shorthand establish that she's not, like, a princess classic. Yeah, that she's off. Yeah, that they're trying to establish that she's not, like, a dainty, pristine princess. That there's something, like, a little more wild and untamed about her. And then there's just kind of a scene where they go back and forth of um, Thrak calling Princess Yaoi treasure, and she goes, Princess! Treasure! Princess! Princess treasure? Sure. And that's episode 10. Yeah. So basically, that's important, that moment, mm-hmm. to establish that Thrak now sees her as treasure and thus will react the way he reacts to treasure with her. Yes. Episode 11. Um, this is the episode I have some problems with. Yeah. Uh, the guys are playing a tabletop RPG, but it's just the men this time. Well, the men, Benny and Thrak. I, I, the male identifying characters. I think the other two are supposed to be playing, but Benny and Thrak are bickering so much that they can't get a word in edgewise. Oh, they're like in opposite shots. Like, I got the impression they were in the same room, but not... Yeah, see, and like, once again, this is the fault of... Lacking establishment shots. Because, like, in hearing what you're saying, I was like, you know what? I could see that as being true. But I could also see what I'm saying being true, that they were all at the same table. Yeah, because I just didn't, like, get Jill and Yowie trying to get them back on task, which is what I think they would have been doing. 
but they they discuss the Disney princesses and Yowie like defends Ariel. So she's on my list because I hate Ariel. Uh, Snow White is my least favorite, but Ariel's like right there with Yeah, her. you reach an age where you're like, listen to your father. <laughs> yeah, the day you become old is the day you go, Triton has some good points. Yeah, like you don't know this guy. <laughs> and then they, they start talking about comics and it's this very... It's this very weirdly gatekeepy conversation between two female nerds. I, I I described it as watching two girls trying not to be gatekept while gatekeeping each other. Yeah, like it's it's a weird because she goes like between you and me, I end up turning to comic books to find interesting female characters. DC or Marvel? Image. Any favorite writers? Oh, um, Brian K. Vaughn and Gail Simone. Anything before the early 2000s? Tell you what, you stumped me on that girl trivia, I'll let you wear my crown for a week. And like this conversation, because I've been on the wrong end of this conversation, Mm -hmm. I wanted to smack everybody involved. Like, you weren't even in this episode, but I just, I was like, I could punch you. (laughs) (laughs) This is something that I I think, this, this is me projecting, like I don't know if this is true, but I think could be solved if Jill wasn't a puppet. Because if you saw her facial expressions and it was just two girls kind of like joshing each other. Yeah. And you saw everything that she was saying like, oh, like, oh, that's that's the one you choose. You guys can't see my face. This is a bad example because this is a podcast. Yeah. But if there was something visual... Visually, to be like, oh, Jill's not actually testing Yowie on her knowledge. It's them just kind of like joking because they're the these are the questions they as women constantly hear. Yeah. This scene would have worked. Instead, it just kind of feels like two women boxing each other out. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say I really liked what was going on with Benny and Thrak. Because I literally have no idea what they're doing. I knew you missed all of it because because you were so upset with this. I was blinded by female nerd rage. Uh, Because I'm having the nerd rage over at Benny and Thrak because it's playing D&D with a terrible GM. Yeah. Which I've done and it's the worst. Yeah, you're also the world's like worst D&D player. I'm fun. (laughs) I'm fun. Because I, I, I go crazy. It's silly. But, like, I, I did a LARP where we were in battle. And literally what's going on with my DM was uh, you attack. All right. This does six damage. I attack. I do seven. And, like, meanwhile next to me, it's like, all right, you attack. Oh, you hit me in the ribs. And I fly back and I fall through a window. And there's shadowed glass. And I was like, oh, that's so much more interesting than numbers. Yeah. So, like, I dig the joke of, like, oh, bad DM, get it? Like, it's a fun, like, little nerd note to hit. Well, this very upsetting female conversation is happening. Yeah, it... Ugh. I make... I, our, our friend Jeff Stormer has this joke that I stole. Uh, you stole, and then I stole. Yeah. About the nerd noise... Yes. Uh, and every time we discuss this scene, I, I hear it yeah. come out of me. Now I have to try to explain why this is upsetting. <sighs> and Yowie establishes that she wants Benny and Thrak to kiss. Like, they yes. have, you know... Her name is Princess Yowie. Yeah. 
And then like Jill and Yaoi kind of bond over liking Firefly. And Jill says like, my OTP is Jane and Dr. Tam. And she's wrong because Simon belongs with Kaylee. So help me God. Okay. I've never seen Firefly guys. <laughs> I'm not, not sure if we've established this on this show. I've never seen it. Simon and Kaylee are like, <gasps> oh man. Here, the problem is I'm not going to remember this conversation when we watch Firefly and I'm going to have a different opinion. And No, you're not. All right. <laughs> and then we actually get a, a cutaway. Um, we actually get a cutaway phone scene that works with the plot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny is calling in to a radio show. He's calling in to Mandy. Yes. And at first we see Mandy in silhouette. Mm-hmm. And... All we really get at first is that Mandy is a female human. And she's on WRPG, which is a solid joke. Yeah. And Benny has feelings for somebody, but he doesn't know how to act on them. Mm-hmm. He thinks they might be reciprocated. And then uh, we realize that like they start to bring the lights up on Mandy and she's Princess Yowie. Yeah. This is a confusing joke to me. Mm-hmm. Because like... It would have been, this could have worked if they established that this was a thing in any other episode. It would have been really cool to establish Mandy really early on. Mm-hmm. And then like Mandy, like Mandy being a recurring character. And then it would have been a legitimate reveal that Mandy was Yaoi. Yes. And like. You had the opportunity to do this because we start with Benny in therapy. The idea that Benny would always call like this Frasier-esque therapy radio show. Oh, it's not Frasier. It's Delilah. Delilah. Because he dedicates a song to like, this isn't a Frasier crane. This is Delilah. This is the like sad sack late night. Like the people who are calling in don't want actual psychotherapy. They want somebody with a calm voice to tell them it's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, and what song do you want to dedicate? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of trope. Right. And that should have been established way earlier. There's like three Thrak cutaways that could have been easily lost in favor of uh, Of one segments. of these. Yeah. Of one of these. Uh, you could have replaced the therapy scene in the first episode with Mandy. Yeah. Easily. And then like... Yowie sings this like weird prime time for gay stuff song, which we'll play a clip of because I, I can't imagine it's copyright. <laughs> uh, it's prime time for gay stuff. I don't remember this part of the song. up against me till you get enough. It's prime time for gay stuff. Something, something, something up in the butt. And then there's a scene of like Jill and with Jill, Benny, and Thrack. Where Thrak, it is established that Thrak eats virgins. And then Jill implies she's now safe from Thrak. Yeah, Benny comes up to to Jill and is like, you might want to put on some perfume, Thrak is coming. And Jill's like, I don't think it's going to be a problem. And then Thrak comes and it's not a problem. Yeah. And then Benny puts it together that something must have happened to make... It's so that uh, Jill is no longer appetizing. And And there's a limited number of people in the cave. So he puts it together that Jill has slept with 
Princess Yaoi and is no longer a virgin. Now, I want to say that they always say that Thrak wants to eat Jill because she's human. Mm-hmm. They never really specifically say virgin. Right. They say that in like the phone calls that he wants to eat virgins. But like I almost feel like they're outside of reality bits. Yeah. Like the fact that there were lore elements in that, like I totally missed it. Yeah. So I was just like, what happened here? I eventually got it after thinking about it. But I definitely thought this was unclear. And I think we got to talk about how an episode prior. Yeah. The They discuss it more in the next episode. Let's hold this until we get into the next episode. Okay. Because I think this is where you need to discuss this. Okay. When they discuss it in episode 12. Well, no, I, I want to discuss it now. Mm-hmm. Because... Like, the episode's ends, and the only context I have is Jill has now had sex. Mm-hmm. But we just established her as Ace. Yes. This feels very weird. Because, like, the Ace community is underrepresented, just in general. Underrepresented, and when they are represented, fairly badly represented. Yeah, and, and like a misunderstood group. Yes. So, to only mention that she's ace, like, an episode ago, to then have her have sex... It feels like they mentioned her being ace to then have her have sex. To have her have sex and make it more surprising. Like, like, I understand that in the next episode, as we go on, uh, they kind of talk about it a little bit, and she's like... You know, my sexuality is my own. It's complicated. Things like that, which are, like, better messages. But to leave on that note... Yeah, this episode ends on that. Yes. Well, after it's sponsored by the level six. but Or the number six, excuse me. Uh, but, like, this definitely left a weird taste of, like, did... Was she made ace just to make this more surprising? And I think this is a huge victim of the pacing. Yeah. Uh, because retroactively, you'd be like, oh, I guess they were flirting in that whole conversation mm-hmm. where Yowie was shipping Benny and Thrak. They were flirting, but the acting... Jill's voice actress is underwater. Yeah. And the Jill... And it's a puppet. <laughs> and the Jill puppet's not terribly expressive. Yeah. So you don't really get the flirting. Because like, no matter how good the performer playing Yowie is... There's only so much you can really convey mm. in that situation. Yeah. And, like, no matter how good the puppeteer is, like, that is a limited puppet. It's not, like, one where you can move eyes or things like that. It's it's a very static puppet. Yeah. Uh, so, like, this whole thing was just, like... I, I It's a brushback pitch. Like, it's something that zoomed by my face really quick that I was like, What? What are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, I I really, I, I, I want to wait until we're done talking about the next episode and then I'm going to go back into this yeah. storyline a little more. Uh, but I think this is one of the bigger problems in the series. Yeah. Uh, so we open episode 12 in media res of Jill and Benny screaming at each other. She screams, stop being a jerk. 
he tells her to put the cross down. She goes, if I put the cross down, you're going to come kill me. And he's like, yeah. So I want you to put the cross down. Because <laughs> yeah. Benny thought Yowie was his girlfriend. Yes. This happens all way too fast. Like This is the problem. Yeah. Um, and then Jill and Yowie slept together. And then they go like, I guess sexuality is more complicated than that. Big wink to camera. Yeah. And it, it falls very flat. Like, and this just... Because can- it feels like they establish... Jill being asexual just to do this bit. Mm-hmm. And we don't really like, if they'd established it much earlier and then let the Jill Yowie relationship blossom in a more mm-hmm. uh, natural way of like not super, super quick. Mm-hmm. And we could have seen like Jill have a moment of, huh, this is how I feel. Yeah. Because like asexuality doesn't mean you never have sex. Like, right. So I think having that go from zero to 60 and then like preach on top of that really falls flat to me. And I think there's that that issue that I brought up earlier. Like you have new treasure. You have relationships, like feelings from Benny for Yowie. You have feelings uh, from Yowie for Jill. Jill discovering new things about herself. And having feelings for Yowie. Yowie having feelings for Benny being with Thrak. All of this is a season of television. And we're getting it in two episodes. We're getting it in like two minutes. Yeah. Like the the pacing of this sequence is terrible. Mm-hmm. And then like Yowie is hungover and she goes immediately for the jugular on Benny. And she goes like, it's not like you're alive or anything. Mm-hmm. Which... Feels unnecessary to someone who you knew had feelings for you. Like, it feels... Yeah. And we haven't seen Benny deserve it. Yeah. Like, and she comes into the room. So it's not like she has seen the whole fight between Benny and Jill and knows that Benny's trying to kill Jill. Like, we we haven't really seen Benny and Yowie interact. That's a big problem. Yeah. We're saying, like, Benny's in love with her. But we never really see them interact. Yeah. We, we needed a Dreamweaver scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you know what that means, audience. It's the it's a reference to when Garth sees the object of his affen- affection yes. in Wayne's world. Yes. Oh, Dreamweaver. They originally wanted to use the song The Most Beautiful Girl in the World by Prince in the uh, New Power Generation. Oh. And Prince said no. And now every time I hear Dreamweaver in Wegmans, uh, I think of Wayne's world. Yeah. <laughs> And that fun fact. Um, so, like, we don't see Benny have feelings for Yowie. Mm-hmm. And we don't see him, like, be annoying to Yowie in a way that would earn Yowie lashing out to him. Because if he was, like, an obsessive, creepy admirer, you could totally see Yowie being like, get away, get off, step off. It's not like you're alive. Yeah. Like... We don't see, we're supposed to sympathize with Yowie, but we don't see, we don't see a reason for her to hit Benny below the belt like that. Yeah. So Yowie's trying to kind of do the new, like, Yowie hits like a trope of the new girlfriend who is trying to push their new paramour to be better. Right. So she's like pushing Jill into becoming a necromancer. We've. Which we established early on, like, Jill wants to be a necromancer. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Thrak and Benny are 
talking and Benny is agonizing over his feelings and he asks Thrak if he's alive. And Thrak goes, no, no one shorter than me is on my level. Yeah, this is me again being like, oh, Thrax is super dick. And, and at this point I would go, oh, they're unlikable Pinky in the Brain. Yeah. Like, we don't like either of them right now. Mm-hmm. And then we see the, um, I guess the main villain that we see of the Silicon Dragon. The Silicon Dragon. He's a minion. And he's cute. Of the red dragon. And he's me! Overlooks the entire valley? This is some prime-ass real estate here. Hello, Mr. The Red Dragon? It's SD. Yeah, I made it to the base of the cave, and you're right. This place is a disaster zone. But it's got some real potential. I mean, everything's already half collapsed, so it wouldn't take much to destroy everything. I mean, it would take like a minotaur having a seizure or a cyclops having a temper tantrum. Love being evil. Don't have to say goodbye to anybody. All right, let's crawl under some skin. Yeah, he's got that bit, which... So, do you want to talk about that bit? So, uh, yeah, I think now I can kind of reveal some stuff about this show. Yes. Uh, so, I, I will say, Uncle Yo was great to work with. I got paid. It was very nice of him. He was very generous. Uh, I showed up, and I, I didn't know any of my lines. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was going to learn them on the train, and then I drove up. But in any case... Uh, I remember when we got there, uh, some, there was going to be a new puppeteer that was there. And the first thing he said when we walked in was the puppeteer went, Oh, puppets are supposed to be up. Everything was at like ground level. Yeah. He's pu- like, puppets are supposed to be up and then you look at a screen. That is not what we did. And it's very clear because he has me like enter at one point that I'm just like on my knees walking. <laughs> Uh, but I, I worked on this show. It's all in front of a green screen or a blue screen. Um, and it was a lot of like, we're going to play audio and then you react to it. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of like talking, but like we did everything that I did in like only a few hours. So like it was very fast and like smooth, uh, to get done. Uh, so in this, I play this, uh, Merchant, merchant, this minion of the Red, the Red Dragon. Dragon, and I'm coming to take the cave because yeah. they're back on their rent, and now it's going to be my cave. You're you're a landlord. Yes, and I'm going to do this through manipulating Benny into killing Thrak, so I don't have to, and kind of like playing to Thra- to Benny's ego to get him to kind of like join us. So I like manipulate him. So it's weird because they talk about the deed and the lease pretty interchangeably. Yes. And that's not how rent works. Yeah, it's it's unclear why I need this. If Because you could just wait six months and refuse to renew their lease. Yeah, I could just tell them the they lease. They caved in part of the cave. Yeah. They don't get a security deposit. Oh, back. yeah. There's lots of problems here. Like, realistically. Yeah. 
I, I think that might also be part of the bit because the deed is just a word that says, it's just a piece of paper that says deed. <laughs> but yeah, I have a, I, I do two episodes. I always forget that this, that it's broken up into two episodes. Yeah. So the next scene we get is them uh, role playing the adventuring party. And Benny tries to do his new monologue. Like they're kind of like running a rehearsal for the next time an adventuring party comes in. Mm-hmm. And Benny does his monologue and it kind of sucks. And yeah, he goes like, oh, it could be livelier. Again, we have not seen Benny earn this treatment from you. Yeah. Um, so then Benny gets his revenge by announcing that Jill touched the treasure because she had sex with Yowie, so she very decisively touched the treasure. And the only reason Thrak doesn't straight up murder Jill is they kind of implied the birds and the bees work differently than they do to Thrak. Yeah. That the treasure could produce more treasure. Yeah. And then Thrak goes, can I get you some wine or back rub or a shirtless Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> Which is weird that like he doesn't know basic anatomy, but knows How those it... sexual tropes. Yeah. Oh, uh, my next note is, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, like, a, a mailman comes in, and, like, Thrak panics, but Yowie's really encouraging, and it's Jill's necromancy degree, which has now come from, you know, in the mail. Yes. Uh, because time is its own rules, despite the fact that she and Yowie just slept together, and Yowie just tried to convince her to become a necromancer. Her degree came immediately. Yes. Uh, and then Benny is in his room, and he invokes the Spider Queen, and gets two new Spider Queen cultists. Yes. Uh, one of which... Is the voice of Jessie on Pokemon. Yes. So it's cool to see her. And I, I want to bring this up. We did like a weird con with her one time. Because yeah, I think yes, she did. was at the con where we did the fairy tales. Yes. Yes, she was. So we hung out with her before. But uh, there's this moment where the them as like cultists uh, to start singing song. Song, song, song. Okay, there's plenty of hate right now, guys. You can stop that whenever you want to. Please stop. Please. Please. This isn't even a song. There's no melody. You're just droning something in monotone. It's purposely annoying. Yes. And, like, Benny's trying to get them to stop because it's annoying. This reminds me of... Maybe my favorite Uncle Yo moment I had with him. We were talking about something. And he described a person as, you know, she's like one of those people that will tell you that the Doom song from Invader Zim is legitimately their favorite song. Oof. I was like, I know everything I need to know about this person. And like, I, I feel like, that spirit is in this moment of just them saying song over and over again. Her aim profile definitely had the word spork in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like everyone who listens over 30 knows exactly what I just meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like that was a very specific subculture that is completely gone now. Yeah. Like it's just not like a... The spork days. Yeah, like the I'm so random spork. Mm-hmm. And they all just, like, adopted Gur from Invader Zim as their god. Yeah. And, uh, oh my god, the the squirrel. 
There's, uh, Foamy. Yeah, Foamy the Squirrel. Yeah. Uh, several of my good friends were Foamy the Squirrel gir girls. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble for this podcast. Yeah. So like, Sorry, Ducky. Them having this song that's not really a song is definitely like an homage to that in yeah. my mind. So I just wanted to say I got a good laugh out of that. And it's intentionally annoying. Yes. And Benny, like, kind of just just to get them to stop, touches one and turns one into a zombie. Yes. Because when he touches a person, they do turn into a zombie. Like, that is something that he does even though he's incorporeal. Mm-hmm. Touching a living thing makes them die. Yes. And then the zombie murders the other one. Yes. And then I believe Moan's song. Yes. Uh, because they actually, the witness and the zombie do the, this episode is brought to you by. Yes. And it's the spider queen. The spider queen. And then I interrupt the credits. Yes. To say that it. This episode is brought to you by Silicon Dragon Consulting, specializing in coups, insurgents, and Faustian covenants. Because remember, you don't need to put up a front to stab someone in the back. It is also brought to you by the number nine which is the number six, after it finally got out of bed, stood up straight, bleached his teeth, and made something of itself. And I say it with a little bit of a lisp. Yeah, you... Because <laughs> I, I, I stumble over that line. Yeah, you're, you're a smug yuppie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're, at the, we're at the grand finale. Mm-hmm. And... It's an unseen puppet at first, but it's like a nice, like little old man puppet who who looks like he's probably like an off the rack puppet. I feel like this puppet is someone. Yeah. Like I feel like this might be a famous puppet elsewhere. Yeah. To me, it looked like one of the like FAO Schwartz off the rack puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is consoling Thrak, who's upset that Benny is redeceased, and the episode is told through flashback. Yes. This is all very confusing very. For, for multiple reasons. One, we have a scene of Thrak on the phone and we've established for every episode when Thrak's on the phone, you don't see the person he's talking to. And this time you do. And this time you do. And there's a moment where like... After she botched the dress rehearsal, I did perfect. So the two of us... More Wayne's World references. Doodly, doodly, doodly. And the payoff of this bit later is... And that was when the worst possible thing that could have happened, happened! I'm not sure I follow, sir. You've been silent for the last five minutes. You mean you can't see the flashbacks? I can't see anything on your end. This is a phone conversation. You mean you don't see the wavy, weird, wonky Wayne's World on-screen transitions? I'm trying to make this entertaining for you and the viewers. That effect never happens. No, it doesn't. <laughs> they never put that effect in. It's like, oh, oh. Like, I, I didn't really understand this was a flashback until, like, way late in the episode. I actually did, because I, I that's kind of the trope of, like, and here's how it happened. Mm-hmm. So I got that it was supposed to be a flashback, and like the joke is funny. Yeah. But this is supposed to kind of be your big like climactic finale. Yeah. So it didn't quite land. It's the Silicon Dragon is building Benny up, and he. Are you aware 
that when he came back from the dead as an undead, that makes you a lich. Whoa. If you just gave up on trying to act like you're alive and embraced the evil essence you truly are, you'd be the most powerful thing on this mountain. So I have a prestige class? That's the best news I've heard since the second season of freaking Morty! The Red Dragon wants to tear down your cave. He wants to rebuild it into mini-dungeons. Uh, Co-ops. You're gonna gentrify our dungeon? Well, good luck with that. So long as Thrak's alive. Then kill Thrak. We'll make you an investor. A partner. A partner? And he tries to get Benny to embrace his evil. Because he hasn't embraced his evil. He's been a nice skull person the whole time, prejudiced Noah. Um, and they established that the Red Dragon wants to rebuild and gentrify the dungeon. But if Benny helps, they'll name the suburb after him. The Benny the Wraith cave suburb. Yes. In- incorporated or something. And so we, we go back to the cave and Yowie is singing a song about dudes hooking up with each other. And Thrak doesn't care for it. And Yowie's like, I'm a princess. I get a musical number. Which... If we had spent more time with Yowie leaning on and then subverting princess tropes, mm-hmm. like that would have made sense, but it kind of was just like, oh, by the way, we want to exploit this princess trope. Yeah. After establishing she's kind of an anti princess. Mm hmm. And then, like. The, the, she has been so unlikable up to this point because she's yeah. been mean to Benny, who's the character we like the most, that we're kind of just like, ick. And. Benny comes in and he's very pleasant and personable. But Yowie picks up Silicon Dragon on her street pass, on her DS. Yeah, which I think is a fun way to establish, like, the flaw in the security system. Or, like, me being sneaky is that I was playing with my DS. Yeah, and, like, had street pass activated. Mm -hmm. So Benny goes and gets the lease and convinces Thrak to put his name on the lease as well. Because I guess Thrak could have kicked Benny out at any time. Yeah. If Benny's name is not the lease, Benny doesn't have any rights. Yeah. Like, uh, lease and deed are different. There's my notes. And then, like, Silicon Dragon comes in, the jig is up, and everything goes into, like, immediate chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny attacks Thrak and starts to kill him. Yes. Uh, Jill throws Mr. Slashy. Yeah, let's... And Silicon Dragon catches it. Yes! The deed! Finally! The rich white guy wins! What a refreshing twist. Finally, the cave is owned by Silicon Dragon Consulting. You lied to me, you bastard! It just looks stupid when you bring your fingers that close to your mouth. Are you massaging something? And it looks... cool. Go, Mr. Sloshy! Really, little girl? You think an axe can do jack or to me? I'm the Silicon Dragon. I'm the next step in digital villainy. You think this could possibly do anything to me? Yeah, let's talk about that. Sure. So many takes of me not catching that. (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) Because it's like, yeah, it's going to be real cool and you're just going to catch it, like, without even looking. I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. Flop! So that you mean took to tell a while. Me the guest star on a Dungeons and Dragons themed web series couldn't catch very well. That that is correct. I am not an athlete, and I, I want to also stress. I wouldn't stereotype if it wasn't Noah. 
I also want to stress, it was not being thrown. It was being moved towards my face. And I just couldn't bring my hands together right. That is so much worse. <laughs> so many takes. I'm a skilled performer. <laughs> and uh, so then Jill uses her necromancy skills, which have become the Chekhov's gun of the show, mm-hmm. to control Benny and possess Benny. Yes. And Benny bites the silicon dragon because Thrak is fading away and dying. And then Yowie goes like, I'm fapping to this later. Which is unnecessary. I mean, her whole character is that she's into dudes doing stuff with each other. Yeah, but this is like a murder scene? Like, two best friends are trying to murder each other. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, Thrak and Benny start to, like, exchange I hate yous as they're, like, both dying. Yeah. Guys, I've never absorbed this kind of negative energy before. I don't know if I can contain it. You have to get out of here. I think I'm gonna explode! Oh yeah, I'm so fapping to this later. Jill, you're twice the hero that I could ever be, in life or death. Thrak, you're an ass and I hate you! I hate you too, Benny. Let me, t- let me just bring this up here. This could have been such a moment because, like, Benny just kind of is dying and goes, I hate you, Thrak. And Thrak says, I hate you too, Benny. There's not enough in this to make it feel like this is them saying I love you. Yeah. This really feels like they legitimately do hate each other. And it's not like this is just how they show their feelings for each other. This could have been so much bigger had Thrak and Benny not already told each other that they hated each other constantly. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, I understand Benny saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, because Benny also kind of has this this feel of like, of course I hate you, I'm evil. Like, you can kind of get away with him saying it whenever. Let, like, <laughs> let me explain this again. Because he's a skull person. He's, he's a scully man. Evil. No. What I'm saying is... Uh, Benny is a type of character that would write off doing something wrong with, yeah, I'm evil. I'm the bad guy in the cave. Okay. While, like, Thrak, he's kind of just like, I'm protecting the treasure, would be his his reason for doing something. Yeah. So Benny says, like, I hate you, and things like that very often, like... Earlier we had like put down the crucifix so I can kill you. That's what I want. That's why I want you to put it down. If you had held off on Thrax saying "I hate you" to Benny and made this the first time he said it, this actually could have been a really cool moment. Yeah, but it's not as earned as it's played off to be. So it's kind of just for laughs. So maybe I'm putting too much weight on it, but I think this this could have been more fun. And, and the puppeteers are unfortunately super visible in like the climactic shot. Yeah, it's a shame. And so then, like, that ends, and Thrak doesn't understand what's happening, but, like, Jill consoles him that, like, Benny should reform by nightfall. Like, Benny's not really dead. He'll be back. Yeah. Uh, very, like, Dr. manhattan Like, oh, he's gonna just reform. It's fine. And Yowie and Jill leave, the, leave what's left of the dungeon to go into town and get registered as adventurers. Yes. Providing kind of a natural end to their part of the story. Right. And Benny and Thrak need to find their new home and they're angry with each other. 
and they're in the Section 8 trailer park of Deadly Doom. Right. So setting up, like, I guess they need to find a new place to live. Because, like, my immediate thought was, oh, they're going to be adventurers now. But they don't go with Jill. No, they find a new Section 8 trailer park of Deadly Doom. So it's unclear to me why, one, they don't go with Jill. Which I guess the issue is, like, she's a necromancer now and they're still just NPCs. But, like, it felt weird to split the story up in half, though. Because either they're not in Season 2 or... We have parallel stories happening. And, like, they don't care about each other. They're not going to go yeah. in with Yowie and Jill because they don't like Yowie and Jill. Well, I kind of thought that the whole point of it was, like, yeah, we're a bunch of misfits, but we have each other. But that's not where they go with it. And if that's not where they go with it, I don't know why Thrack and Benny stay together. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, um, confused, but okay. And that's the end. Uh, yeah. I, the, I, the last thing, the this thing is brought to you by... Um, Benny actually thanks the people who were involved. Yes. Uh, it, it, I do want to note that this is 13 episodes and this is the first like, like, comment, subscribe we get. Yeah. Which is weird to think out of like YouTube. It's just like so part of the culture. Yeah. That it's weird that it doesn't happen until this episode. Yeah. Uh, and that's the show. So now we, we got to kind of go through like as a whole. Yes. This has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I think... Now, there's a ton of supplementary content to this of, like... Yes. Thrak, Thrak is clearly intended to be the breakout character. Mm-hmm. Of, like, we see Thrak at conventions. And the Thrak phone sequences, except for the few that fit into the main plot, should have been separate videos. And not yeah. part of the, like, main series. Mm-hmm. Because we talked about the pacing a lot. There are 13 episodes... Let's say they're an average of, like, nine-ish minutes. Let's say we got two hours of content here. You could tell a lot of these stories in two hours. Two hours is a movie. Yeah. But using so much of that precious time on these phone sequences means that the plot itself gets really rushed through. Mm-hmm. And we don't develop any pathos for the character. Like, we think we're supposed to like Benny. So we're supposed to feel bad for him when Yaoi is rude to him. But up until that episode, I thought the person we were supposed to like was Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I was like, okay, we're supposed to like Jill. Jill's really the only sane man between Hmm. Benny and Thrak. She's the one holding the cave together. No, wait. She's... I I also really don't like, like, we introduced female characters. Now there's drama. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. that's not a great look. And Yowie comes in and there's immediately drama. Yeah. And if they had painted Yowie as a clear villain from the beginning of, like, Yowie's intent was to cause mm-hmm. dissembling and drama, like, I think Silicon Dragon could have been a decoy villain and the real villain is Yowie, and that's an ultimate subversion of the Disney princess trope. You're trying to write me out of this. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no, no I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, like, if you made her have an agenda. Yeah, and like you made her the character. But like, instead, she really comes off as your friend's girlfriend who makes your friend a butthole. Yeah. And like, we don't have enough time to make that work. 
like I think there's a lot of great ideas in this, but like I said, like this is at least two seasons of story. Yes, absolutely. Being told and like I I think the idea of like well now they're adventurers is very like interesting for like a next series or next season to go to. But like I don't think NPCs were completely explored. So to have them already in season two be jumping up to being like playable characters, like it's too much. Um, that 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 brings me to my larger point that I want to make. Okay. Uh, the phone scenes—they're all like fun. Yeah. Like some are better than others, but they're all like fun. But like when I was watching it, I I was always like, "This is the joke segment," and I just kind of like sat and watched and laughed, but didn't like like store anything so the fact that lore points were hidden in those phone calls like the virgin thing made it a little bit confusing i think the biggest issue with this show is that it is story first joke second because we've been watching a lot of like college humor as of late yeah if this was jokes first yeah and, like, almost removed of story. And it was just, like... It is a pure slice of life. Just, like, here is NPCs dealing with X. Here, this is them dealing with an adventurer group. This is them dealing with getting reviews. This is them dealing with, you know, cleaning the cave of corpses. Things like that. No overarching story. No development. I think this would be a bit stronger. Yeah. And you can sprinkle that stuff in... Like I said with College Humor, like, there are some sketches that have, like, this hidden plot of a murder mystery throughout Yeah, like, Trap Kills Somebody? Trap Kills a Guy, yeah. Like, you could do that. But I think the strong point of a short YouTube puppet show is comedy first. Yes. And, like, there are, I have, there's some laughs in here that I really enjoy. And... I think it would make it a little bit simpler. I think he shot a little too far trying to tell this bigger story. And you can tell in watching this that there is a much bigger story to be told. Yeah. Like, he had planned more tales and development for this characters. Absolutely. And I think had it... because And like you said, there's so much supplemental material to this yeah. of them like talking to people at conventions and doing interviews and stuff like that if the show was all just that this would be a really fun strong show yeah I mean all you need is the premise yeah and then like you can have I, I think the princess was an entirely superfluous character I don't think she added a lot of good yeah Um, I think there could have been ways to write her in as good but it really felt like we introduced a female character and now they're like... I I will say visually, mm-hmm. it's great seeing human puppet. Yeah. So I would definitely say like there's there's something to it, but I don't think it's capitalized. I Just have Jill played by a person. Yeah. Jill never I does any... Down for that idea. Jill never does anything... That would require her not being a person. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about Jill that it makes sense for her to not be an actor. Yeah. 
Um, you behind that. And then you can get that dynamic of person puppet and have that going for you without having to introduce this other character who didn't really add much to it. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing wrong with the performer. Like, the performer does a good job. But the character just kind of seems to be there to introduce conflict. And I'm not sure if we're supposed to like her. Yeah. Like, she's really terrible to everyone but Jill. She really feels like your friend's terrible girlfriend. Yeah, there's there's not enough like clear representation of where everyone stands on the lawful good chaotic evil D&D alignment scale. Yeah. Which is a thing you'd think you'd do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got to give it a verdict. Uh, this show did have a Kickstarter for a season two that unfortunately was not met. And part of the plan was to recast Jill and more location filming. Yes. Which I think would have been really beneficial because the convention scene was really well done. Yes. So location shooting might have actually solved a lot of problems. Yeah. Th- that was the more fun stuff about this that was enjoyable. And having Thrack and Benny out in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, usually we give this a stay tuned or a stay doomed, but because of what Uncle Yo said about Pokemon Snap, I will instead say, You were close! That was my best (laughs) Professor Oak. I I think there's a lot of potential in this. I honestly do. Uh, But I think I have to give it a stay doomed Via the game over rule, I was gonna. That was gonna be my verdict as well. Stay doomed by virtue of the game over rule. Yeah. Of the show has enough potential that I really don't want to be yeah. like throw the whole thing in the bin. Yeah, but I think it needs to play more on its strengths and not be so story focused. And like, had it just been like, here's some comedy bits, there wouldn't be this like pressure to make it like. 15 minutes like it was towards the end of this and just have it be three minute bits throughout the things like that which honestly would have been more beneficial than in the YouTube algorithm yeah because it it benefits views versus watch time then and like you could have different segments of you can have Benny talking to Mandy Mm -hmm. like you can keep the Mandy character yeah and like Benny has emotional problems, but instead of dealing with them, he talks to a radio DJ. Mm-hmm. And then Thrack having phone problems. One thing we forgot to mention: there's like a stinger of Morbo at one point. Oh yeah, like Morbo's gonna come back. It's just like Morbo sitting in a closet, like mm, people are making fun of Morbo. I mean, Morbo's gonna come, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that's funny. Doesn't go anywhere, but apparently it would have it had it gotten another season. Well, thank you, Carl. I really yeah. appreciated being part of this. We did ask Uncle Yo if we could talk about his show, and he said yes. I hope you're not too upset about our ruling here, because I did really enjoy being part of the show, and you were very nice to me. And I miss you, bud. I miss you. Yeah, watching this admittedly was really, really depressing uh, for the reasons of Yowie. Like, Yowie's crown and the yeah. people. These are people... Like, don't laugh at me. Um, no, like, I totally, like, I would have enjoyed this more if we weren't sitting here going, Miss Cons, Miss Doing Stuff. I miss Carl, I miss Brent. Miss Brent, Miss like, Doug. 
Yeah, like, you kind of hit these things of, like, oh. Like, seeing these people in a normal December would be mm. like, ah, we're going to see them soon. Yay! Yes. But now it's just like, oh. Yes. So that brings us to the end of what may have been a two-parter after I edit this. <laughs> yeah, this ran much longer than <laughs> This we ran much longer than I expected, and uh, we recorded this in all one setting. I don't know if you got to hear it all in one sitting, because it's quite long. But I do want to say to you, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon, which will be reaching version 2.0 in the new year. Yeah. So you can check it out. But you don't have to sign up yet. Yeah. We're <laughs> just trying to hold the, the URL down. Yeah. Soft but launch. I, soft launch. But I do want to say, uh, check out our video game tournament that we have coming up on January 16th. It's Battle Royale Royale, where you can win $500. So please check out BattleRoyaleRoyale.com and sign up today. What are we watching next week? Uh, next week... Uh, we are watching Chikara Action Arcade. I'm in that too! You are! Yes, this is our road to episode 100. This is going to be episode 99, and it's going to be Chikara Action Arcade. And there's a lot of really fun uh, temporal stuff to talk about, because this uh, this was filmed right before the world went to hell. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of interesting things here. And I will say that will definitely be a two-parter, so if you want to watch along with that, go to check out independent wrestling tv which i believe the website is uh in i w tv it's independent wrestling tv uh you're gonna want to go to independent wrestling tv which is at independent wrestling tv yes yeah, so you want to check that out uh if the front page is solo darling who appears frequently in the show yes uh, so if you want to sign up for that, uh, you can get a free preview if you use the keyword leapfrog. So please use the keyword leapfrog. And uh, I will say that Chikara Action Arcade will be a two-parter. So if you only want to watch the first half for next week, I understand. Awesome. And then after Ch- Chikara Action Arcade, we... Uh, we do Firefly. It's, it's Firefly. finally time for you to understand how much I love Simon and Kaylee. Yes. Um... We're not watching Serenity. We're only going to watch Firefly. Uh, Serenity is going to be a bonus episode. Yeah. So get excited for that. Um, and then episode 101 is going to be a retrospective. Yes. So we got some fun stuff in store coming up. So please stay with us right here on the Stay Doom show. And then probably after that, we're going to be moving toward my favorite month of the year. Yeah, we got Razzie Month coming up. We're right Razzie Month, and I, I cannot wait, because I think it's going to be bananas this year. It is. Where can people find us, Laura? Uh, you can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com, or on Facebook and Twitter at staydoomed. And if you think that my signature looks cool, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you like Gail Simone, gatekeepers be damned, I'm <laughs> at Stay Doomed. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>